Hello and welcome to another episode of Quartz Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, you name it, I'll speak about it. Today's episode is a review of a short play that I was lucky enough to watch at Stratford East Theatre. It is part of six commissioned plays, newly commissioned plays, that are part of a series called Burn It Down, which address key political social issues going on and um this particular play was confronting diet culture and fat phobia and anti-blackness and misogyny and was written by an a writer named Babibrier Bukiloa whose pronouns are they and them so I will be referring to them as such but if I slip, I apologise. Um, I shouldn't slip, but yes. Um, so this was a play that I saw being advertised, probably on social media, but I might have seen it elsewhere. I've been to Stratford East a few times, um, just because I went to school near there, and I'm familiar with the different types of plays they tend to show. And this was a short one about... 40 minutes maximum with four main characters and it touched on oh did I even mention the name of it it's called yummy sorry that just blanked my mind but yeah it touched on um key themes that a lot of us talk about but aren't really well versed on um fat phobia is something that I've learned as of late not something that I have personally experienced and definitely not something that I am prone to just because I'm quite petite but I'm aware of its ramifications to a certain degree so this was really an important show for me to watch to really I guess educate myself and um, it's not something that I take lightly when I'm watching something that I I don't know too much about so Babudier really is touching on a topic that a lot of people, I think, are, are going to learn a lot from if they engage with it. And Babudier managed to, I think, use humour in a very effective manner to really illustrate our issues with our bodies. It reminded me of the Hunger Games, you know. So if I just give you a lowdown of, like, what the setting is, you get this four game player setup and there's this current of namelessness so a b c and d are the characters there's this plate it's like um sorry not plate this is table it's very much like a a banquet you know the last supper as you see in religious iconography and these four characters are standing at first in front of the plate and one of the characters actually explains the setup you know it's this um, I keep saying play this table of all these types of foods, you know, cupcakes, fruits, McDonald's, and they're not allowed to eat it. They have to share their story, and that has to be enough for the overseers in the game to grant them a glass of water. But naturally, it seems they've gone through many stages or rounds in this game, and they're hungry, they're starving, and they've all had moments in their life that triggered 
their eating disorders that later manifested in so many difficulties with body image and weight and beauty standards so we've got one character who talks about an experience with avocado being so significant because they couldn't deal with the texture of the fruit and not enjoying it but feeling guilty because their mother had bought this with the last change they had so it's this idea of food being a scarcity which is quite rare quite scary and um obviously we see this in our panic buying scenarios it reminds me of like an article i wrote about um a punch bone label that was designed by a silversmith called Indidia Cubia. And I wrote that for the National Museum of Wales. And I spoke about this punch bowl and ladle being like a metaphor, um, particularly in pandemic times where, you know, so many people are clamoring for things to eat and then others in the world are literally dying of famines in places like Yemen. And what Babu Billier managed to really touch on is that it just takes a moment to trigger a whole series of events that often unfold to destroy a person's self-image. And all of these people experienced these traumas when they were extremely young. And um, so this avocado is this this symbol of, of, you know, health and wellness in today's society. And people joke about if you stop buying avocados on toast, you could suddenly save money to buy a house, you know, and get on the property ladder. And although that's tongue-in-cheek, it talks about how diet culture does not just affect the fast foods and the and the cultural foods that maybe are very, as they say, quote-unquote, unhealthy, but also the fruits that we eat. And um, the relationship we have with, you know, these words, these scary words like chemicals and wellness and health and salt and sugar and avocado is always placed as the alternative to all of your health woes you know i have it with everything and you'll heal and you'll recover but in reality it's obviously not that simple so another character has a an arc of having a distant parent uh, a distant father who she bakes a cake for and he doesn't come home and the cake gets eaten by her beginning to end and that was a moment where she she learned shame you know her mother asks a couple of days later where's the cake and the cake is no longer in existence because she ate it and her mother gets her to wear her dress and her dress is naturally too small for her because she's a bigger woman and it's these metaphors and, and prototypes of us trying to be like you know our parents or our ancestors that rings through this entire play the next character talks about eating african food in a public setting at school and being shamed by an african teacher um essentially saying you shouldn't eat food like that here and then eating this food in a way that they were at home you know licking the bone and enjoying the juices and that being again a mark of shame you're not allowed 
to enjoy your food. And the final character's one is a mixture because she evaluates someone else's relationship with her fatness through pregnancy. She talks about these women starving themselves and talking about the enjoyment of starving themselves because they don't want to get to a certain size. But her being confused because the women were talking about women being fat whilst pregnant, which is almost um, a a misnomer because that fat is designed to help your baby support your child grow. But they saw it as this, this curse, this anomaly, this shouldn't happen. And these weird events continue to really determine our relationships with food you know there's this again it's a hunger games element i think it would have been cool to call it a hunger games but i think um yummy was even more an exceptional title because we're talking about the food that sustains us that nourishes us that gives us the energy to go about our day becoming a punishment becoming something shameful becoming something to calorie count and absorb yourself over and we know there's a lot of people who are worried and upset by um fitness culture becoming extremely toxic for the masses you know but billier manages to touch on these themes with enough sensitivity that you're not assaulted by the information but also a lot of humour in it that is also educational, which I think is the beautiful blend of what it means to be a writer, you know? And I feel like, I feel like I've read some, something by Babillier before. Pretty sure I have. But it must have been a while back, and I enjoyed it. That's why I watched the play, but... It was directed by Malachi Sargent, who did a really good job in the 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 ominous voice that would. There was no ominous voice. There was sorry, like um, a a clapping. Um, a clapping. Auto cue, auto voice that would occur every time, a character had said their piece, and you wouldn't expect humor in a show like this because, well, it's about such sensitive topics, but. It was genuinely funny at times, you know. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of um, deadpan moments that were slapstick and intended to make the audience laugh. And it kind of demonstrates the hilarity of what we do and and who we are in 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 our ridiculousness towards basic sustenance. You know what I mean? And um, I was lucky enough to watch it because I was nearly late for it. Um, <laughs> I think I came in like, and they, luckily they let me in because I, I remember seeing on the emails like no late comments admitters. I was like, oh my God, I got there like two minutes after the time it started. But thankfully I was able to settle in and um, I didn't miss anything. And these characters were presented to have come for different reasons, but were united in this fear of food and two of the characters 
came as either lovers or friends that was a and b and you saw a lot of sensitivity between them like in the stage direction you've got a table which has like a banquet of food on it and even sometimes they would make gestures and the food would fall off the table and i don't know if that was deliberate but it really added to the ambience you had this one room that never shifted in, in direction and then there was a trash can at the beginning and um front and center whereby some of the characters particularly b and a would go in to vomit uh, their food up regularly so it's this binge and um puking scenario that occurs in so many people whereby within this culture of i guess immediate gratification and so people don't take time to cook food and they definitely don't take time to eat food everyone's rushing to wolf food down but at the same speed that it goes down it comes up and um there were themes of family in there it was always a case of someone's loved one being the work the person that triggered this this um relationship with eating which is inherently emotional even though it should just seemingly be simple and, and physical it was inherently emotional um a and b were often in distress and crying and c and d were much more stoic less expressive um i think it was c but it might have been d who was very slapstick with the comedy um kind of set up all the jokes with the deadpan voice and the witty remarks um to things like you know lilith which i think is greek mythology but um might be a biblical character and everyone kind of waited for her to make those jokes so that everyone could laugh but we all knew at the end it wasn't funny because the point is is that this play was set in a round um in this game that seems never ending and i think that's a metaphor for the fact that these cycles of eating and disordered eating which is what it is don't end the end of the play was literally you know are we going to get to the next round lights down because it doesn't end they that they, they were talking about having been in multiple rounds and um we later find out that i think it's cod was literally born in the game so can't finish the game because in order to finish the game you have to have been in the game and started the game but it kind of gave me that Macbeth theme of you know you have to be born to a woman but Macbeth was cut from a woman so it's like semantics and she's seen thousands and thousands of people come and go she's never leaving the game and that was what she used as a weapon of power to intimidate the other characters like you're not going to win you're not going to win she herself can never win so it was very peculiar to see and then character D was very much to themselves and and, and I need to like mention the diversity in image as well because so often when we talk about eating disorders and and body image we have these ideas of women being stick thin or looking very frail however the cast with Shiloh Coke being a larger woman and even 
I know she goes by Labby, but I'll, I'll use her full name. Oma Labake. She was, um, she had hearing loss, so she had a hearing aid in. So it's, it was showing you the breadth of people. I don't know if that was something that Babilier and Malachi discussed amongst themselves in, in characterizing these people. But it made it deliberate that the individuals here are not limited to just thin, abled white women, which is what I think the image of eating disorders are. It's black people, it's disabled people, it's bigger people, all having this disordered relationship with food. And that kind of debunks the stereotype of it being a race issue or a societal issue. that just affects one demographic, it affects multiple. So I won't like lather one. I think what we need to unpack is the politics behind um, our relationship with with food. And I think that's probably one of the best um, ways to really understand what it means to be a human being. Uh, Ruby Tando has some great, some phenomenal writing um, commissions and a book about like, our relationship with food as people that I really, really enjoy. So I will probably put one of those in the description box and I'll put Babillier's um, podcast with Theatre Stratford East in the description box too. And I think, I don't think it's actually, I don't think anyone can watch the show anymore, unfortunately, but I will definitely um, put links down if there are, tickets available for any further showings of this play and yeah I really hope you enjoyed this episode so I shall um speak to you later about another theatre show that I managed to see as well that was sold out but I managed to get tickets so yeah all right bye